I'll kick it off with uh, Hagen. Uh, Hagen, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. I'm Hagen. Uh, I met Jacob probably, uh, I think it was around 2009, 2010. Uh, former Australian SAS and uh, went out and helped Jacob out over the last 10 years here or there, designed a couple of courses and whatever else. And uh, yeah, um, I'm currently living in Australia. Um, got a ski shop and avid backcountry hunter and outdoorsman, I guess you could call it. And uh, yeah, Jake's asked me to um, yeah help out and be the match director. So uh, just really honored to be a part of it. So yeah, thanks for having us. Sweet, very cool. What's up, Frank? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, Frank Galley, Sniper Side, uh, Everyday Sniper podcast. Uh, been, yeah, just helping Jacob out. I did, like you said, I did a little mini field craft, more of a concealment exercise for these guys because they're not really going to be stalking as much, although there is a big movement element to it. So um, Jacob's been doing the classes up here in Colorado. It's a quick trip for me to bounce up there and um, get some of the guys who may not be uh, prior military into the field craft side of things. I mean, because that's what fails so many people is that concealment, target detections, land nav, that kind of stuff. When you think about the, the shooting part of it, but, you know, that's like 10%. The rest is mm -hmm. all that other stuff that you have to know. So it's a good opportunity to kind of dip your toe back into that. And, and I'm digging it. Although, I, Jacob, that was a lot to bite off like in, in one month. I would have thought you would have went like every other month for one or, you know, stretch them out a little bit. But, yeah, you're going to make those guys hustle for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good of an idea it was for the competitors <laughs> or for the staff. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. They'll, they'll just have to bust it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they will. They will. It's going to turn out good. So, so David Baker, man, just fucking send it podcast. What's up? What's up, guys? Yeah, yeah. So, Joseph, send it podcast. I had Jacob on. Uh, what was that, Jacob? A couple months ago. Yeah, uh, right before I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I had him on, and it it honestly was one of my favorite podcasts to uh, to do interviews to do. Um, I've, you know, I'm the least qualified person to be on this podcast with the panel we have here. Um, but uh, um. I, I've always revered Jacob and looked at, watched all and own all the rifles only DVDs. And I've, I've hung on to, to every word Jacob and Frank talk about as far as a precision rifle. And, um, I was happy to have him on the podcast and it's, uh, the, the assassin's way match sounds like, I mean, it's going to be something completely unprecedented. No one's ever done anything like this. And I doubt other than Jacob in years to come, no one's going to do anything like this, this extravagant and everything. And it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to test everybody involved, no matter their background. Um, so uh, I think, you know, a lot of people with, with all the training that, that Jacob is going to offer via himself, Frank, uh, and where uh, Phil and Kalen come in too, um, it's going to help the, you know, people like me that didn't do it for a living to help even the playing field. And, uh, you know, the talks I have with Jacob, it sounds like literally anybody – anybody can win this. It's, you know, it's not going to be the best shooter. It's going to be the best sniper and, and, and the best all rounded person. And that's what makes it exciting. And it's also just the stakes involved. I mean, your, your buy-in and then the prize, it's going to, it just, it may, it steps everything up, you know, 10 notches when you're talking about the money that you can win um, in, in doing this match. I'm, I'm excited to be here guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to be your token redneck for the night and uh, <laughs> hopefully with some comic relief. <laughs> What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm here to give David a run for his money on the redneck thing. 
I'm like I'm like Jacob. I'm ahead. I'm here just to hope Jacob lets a little piece of uh, knowledge slip, you know, tonight. A little insider information. Uh, I'm, I'm Tom Fuller uh, from Armageddon Gear. Uh, I've done events like this in the past. Well, there's nothing like this, but I've done, you know, land nav shooting and stuff like that. And this just seems like a fun thing and something that I, I would like to be a part of. And uh, I'm here at y'all's mercy to ask me. What are you going to do to get ready for this? I'm like, I have no idea. So we'll see. Hi, Tom. Well, I didn't say hi you, Tom, you're in, right? Because Tom, you're in? I'm going to be competing in it. So I kind of wanted to get your perspective on that from an outsider because, you know, I have been, by design, I've been a little bit, uh, I don't know, withholding information about it, you know, and I kind of want to know what your thought process was to make you decide to jump on. We need to get some more people involved in this. Well, I mean, Honestly, I like stuff like this. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I like attention. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, not you, Tom. <laughs> no, it, it's, I mean, you look, you know, I shoot PRS and stuff and, and I'm not the best PRS shooter out there. This is up my alley. I'm good at this kind of stuff. I've, I've uh, I, you know, if you break it down in the land, I have, problem solving, shooting, things like that. I'm well-rounded in it. And, uh, you know, I, I kept saying next year, I want to walk the Appalachian Trail from start to finish or have some sort of adventure like that as my midlife crisis. Not going to happen probably just because of time constraints, but I could make a month to go walk around in the woods and follow someone else's directions. It kind of, kind of seems kind of like being deployed. All I have to do is do what they tell me to do. Right. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm super stoked that uh, I really wanted to, when you were doing the sniper adventure challenge, I think you started doing it like the year after I tried it. And, um, you know, my partner, my partner ended up dropping out for heat exhaustion. So I was super bummed that I couldn't continue to, to, to play in that comp because like you said, man, that's that like until this point, the sniper adventure challenge was pretty much the only thing out there that was, I've never done mammoth. I know that it, mammoth is kind of a rucking type thing and you got to make your timed rucks and all that stuff. But the sniper adventure challenge, the way those guys set it up, it was just, you know, it was like, it was the first thing of its kind. And it was awesome because it did, it tested all of those different skills of problem solving, decision-making. Um, and, and it really, you have a very specific competitor that, that wants to go out and do that stuff. Yep. You know, the, I've done a lot of the, I've done the, 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 the mammoth matches, the, the, the Bushnell sniper, the, you know, there's a time hack and you walk, but it's not even comparable to sniper prevention challenge. So you might walk three miles to your next stage and you're going to be there an hour or two. That's totally different than, Hey, you're starting here. And when you finish here, you're not stopping and it could be, 40 50 60 miles depending on the year that they're doing it and I, you know there's just i mean you know i don't care who you are i don't care what shape you're in uh just physical fitness everybody's in the same shape after 12 hours it's just a gut check at that point. you know it doesn't mm -hmm. matter you know that you run marathons because after 12 hours of side healing in wyoming your feet are bloody or you're just going with heart and will and and uh you know so that's a kind of a different thing uh, but I don't think anybody knows what to expect with with this, you know. A little bit of all of it. Yeah. Oh. They're gonna fuck around and find out. 
I, I like, I like, uh, I, I, well, well, uh, you said it, you hit the nail on the head there, Tom. I mean, after 12 hours, everyone's in the same shape. So really, really, you know, you really have to test your endurance. That's, and you know, I think going into it, uh, a lot of questions I'm probably just like, well, how do you train for something like this? You know what I mean? What does your training regimen look like for something like this? I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, shoot PRS matches, shoot NRL matches, but like, how do you train yourself? How do you train your body? How do you train your mind to get something ready for something like this, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I'm a believer that, you know, there's a, there's, there's a point where training ends and gut check begins and, and you can't train that. You either know you can do it or you can't. So like I physically, you know, I walk to work, it worked from my house to work is about 10 miles and I walk it about twice a week with a pack. So, so I, I'm not really going to do a whole lot of it different. I, that's just kind of my thing. I like that maybe three times a week uh, to keep my feet tough. Walking's easy, you know, uh, to a point. Walking 30 miles, I think if you've never done that, you should do it before you do this because you got to know that you can. I think once you know you can, that's just that's just like practice getting punched in the face. There, you know, there's there's not a lot of training out out of that you know yeah once that once once that happens you're like oh okay this is what i can expect like this is going to happen and it's going to feel this way and we just have to be able to put that shit aside and continue to focus on the shit we need to focus on i mean this would have been the perfect time for people to do it because of covid man they're home and they not go to work is go out and walk you know i mean this this would be the greatest opportunity to get that practice in um, cause it is, like you said, you start droning, right? You're in drone mode and it's who can drone the right. smartest after that, you know, cause your mind's gone, you know, you're just carrying shit and it hurts. Cause I know for me, that was always my advantage is to be able to go further and farther and not have it hurt as much. Um, but slower, you know, cause I, my, two of my steps is one of yours. Um, but I just didn't break down as quickly as other people when it came to that shorter legs, I guess, who knows? But yeah, I mean, that's that this is the perfect time for people to do exactly what Tom says is to get out and walk. Yeah, don't let the match be the first time you do it. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> hey, hey real quick, um, Jacob, can you recap uh, dates, times, buy in for uh, I'm getting a bunch of messages here for guys that are tuning in to Assassin's Way for the first time. And if you can just retouch on that for those guys real quick. Oh, just a description of it? Yeah, description, uh, time, and buy in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And also you can go to the rifles only website and you can get information on that. And we're in the process of putting together um, with, with uh, the help of cash, we're putting together a website just for this, uh, this event itself. But the long and the short of it is we're going to start 365 days from today. It's September 1st, 2021. We will end 23, 23 days later. We will have traveled to Oklahoma or first start out in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona, Idaho, Washington, Colorado, and then back down here to Texas. And so that's pretty much what it is. It's a field craft course. Uh, there will be shooting involved, but there will also be land navigation, target detection, range estimation, chems, as well as situational awareness problem solving. Uh, you don't know whenever you show up to a venue, you do not know which skill sets are going to be tested. It could be one or it could be all. You never know. You just got to be ready for it but the buy-in is $25,000 and the payoff is $500,000. Life-changing money. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's house money, man. A lot of people, that's Oprah Rich. You got to pay $25,000. Thanks for telling me that one, Jacob. He was saying something about paying twenty five thousand. What about it? I thought you said two fifty. I thought it was two hundred fifty dollars. Got a couple it, zeros, it, bro. That was a typo. Might have put the comma in the wrong place. And you know what? Now's a good time too. We had that question. Um, that Ted had asked. Uh, so Jacob, on the uh, who's your ideal participant? When you thought of this competition, who did you design it for? And you can't answer everyone. You got it. Basically, who was your model participant when you were thinking this up? Because I know you well, actually. Get- I, I will stick in before you answer. You probably had a dual track. You probably had the realistic answer, and then you probably had the I'm going to show these fucks answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh when how far do we go back frank uh, a little while <laughs> uh i'm gonna give you the short answer and then i'm gonna give you an explanation i designed it y'all watching i'll say everyone for me and it was because here's the thing by the time no no rag on on prs nrl border wars we do we've done all those matches everything else but we've been doing matches for a full decade before these came along. And during those matches, we were able to do things like target detection, range estimation. We had some of these other skill sets involved. We even had stalking going on. Uh, we were doing three-day matches, and it was happening. So then the sport evolved. It's not good. It's not bad. It's indifferent. It's just what happened. You know, the sport evolved into a two-day match, and it focused just on the shooting. And that's good. I, I – not only do I like participating in that type of competition, but I also enjoy putting on those competitions, whether I'm doing it for PRS, NRL, Border Wars, I don't care. I, I, I love all those organizations and the way that they've assisted in making the sport grow. But then sitting there thinking, I thought, you know, I'm 53 years old. What would be the match that I would put on my bucket list? What would be my bucket list match? And I would want one that handled all of these skill sets. But the reality is, I can do all of those skill sets right here at Rifles Only. I can do them right here. And we can be done in a week, and that's done. But that's not the point, because I look into myself, and I'm down here at Rifles Only. I'm looking out the window right now. And if there is any cow out in my pasture, I can eyeball it, and I can tell you within about five yards how far away that cow is, because I am very familiar with flatland. Then I go up in the summers to go do courses in Colorado, Man, I can't, I can't visual range estimate to save my life. And then after I've been there for a week or two, I get to where I can. And then the irony is I come back down here to South Texas after doing it in the mountains, and I can't do it on flat land. Again, I have to practice. <laughs> and so that's why I wanted to do, test these skill sets in different parts of the country, different terrains, different areas. And the reason is, is to find out who's the best. You know what I mean? Who's the best? But not only that, to also provide something that is what I consider not, I mean, it's not even a competition. Well, it is a competition, but it's an event. You know, it's something in your life. It's a bucket list event. I mean, if someone comes along and says, I did assassin's way the third year they did it. I mean, immediately my hat's coming off. You know what I mean? It's like, you actually did it. I mean, you actually did that. You took out that much time in your life, to go and test your skill sets against some of the best people out there. And I noticed I didn't say best shooters. I said best people out there. 
because this is about the brain. Philip put it, he said, this is going to be a spiritual journey, the first podcast we did together. And he's right. It will be. You got to be able to stay with it the whole time. It's not hard. I don't have to make this competition hard. It's going to be hard enough just completing the skill sets and keeping your brain going, keeping your endurance going, like what you guys were just talking about a second ago, to just drone on and accomplish the tasks that need to be accomplished. That's what this is all about. So short answer, I designed this competition with me in mind, but I know that I'm not the only one out there who would enjoy something like this. Sure. You know, you, you always hear those guys, um, you know, talk about, well, PRS this and all this, all they do is shoot. Right. And especially the, the operators that are out there, they're like, well, you know, you hear them grumble behind their back. Oh, well, if they were shooting a 308, it's like, Hey man, this is the time to put your money where your mouth is right against other civilians that might be running this. It's like, you know, see if you can, uh, compete and do the things that you say that you can do right on top of just shooting. And I think it's, a, it's a perfect testament to those guys to yeah put their money where their mouth is because uh, it's it's always tough to do that you know it's always tough to be put on the spotlight and yeah everyone hates losing but I think just the work up just working and training up uh, to this because because uh, Kalen had asked me he's like would you run it I was like man I'd run it if I wasn't on the schedule that I am now because of the amount of dedication and, and commitment that I would have to have in order to just get ready for it you know what I mean. Um, it's not one of those things that I can just show up and like, okay, do decent. It's like, no, like training would start now. I mean, training would have started six months ago. How, when, when, when do you uh, kick this off? You're a year from today. <laughs> five months ago. No, no, no. no. You, you, you first start time you mentioned it. Yeah. The first time. Like yeah, five, yeah. So, I mean, that's when training would have really started and, and uh, you know, hopefully those that have are serious about it. Hopefully that's when they started training. Um, cause that's what it takes to, to even, uh, perform at the level that anyone would want to want, would want to be able to perform, uh, at this kind of match. Sure. Well, Tom, Tom brings up a good point though. Like, like Tom, you're saying you ruck, you ruck to work twice a week and the, and you, you mentioned something really good, keeping your feet hard, right? That's like, that is super important for, for, you know, myself, I spend a lot of time in the mountains and so it's not a shock to my body when hunting season comes and I'm chasing critters in the back country with 60 pounds on my back and side hilling for hours and hours. It's not a surprise to my body. My, you know, your body actually hardens up over a couple, three days of being in the mountains. And then, you know, you're in mountain shape, but you have to have that solid baseline of fitness to just to get there. But it should be a continuum, right? It should be a continuum. And if you are the type of person that's just going to go, Oh, you know what? That sounds like a, that sounds rad. Like, like Jacob's saying, let's do that on bucket list. Yeah. You should have been training six months ago because if all you got is a year's time to develop that, that mental fortitude to be able to stay up. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a ruck event. Like that's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying is, is that it's like, it's, it's, it's literally eight events over the course of a month. And so that's going to require a tremendous amount of focus. And we all know what that's like shooting two day events you can put together a great day one, you can put together a really good day one, but the ability to stay consistent through day two, even though you already have it in your mind that you did have a really good day one, that's really, that's where the, that's where the rubber meets the road and, and the wheat gets separated from the chaff, so to speak. I think yeah, I need another, to, right quick, just super quick. Um, guys, the, like, I, like I said, whenever I was telling you all this, 
this is not difficult. Y'all guys are y'all guys are putting it to like this is something that you know you really got to work. Think about it. Your land nav legs will be no longer than fifteen hundred meters with uh, two to three, maybe four legs in it. You know what I mean? That would be going in, and maybe the same amount shorter or slightly longer coming out. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like you're going to be out there rucking for thirty miles during the day. That's not the point of this. This point is to be able to read your map, read your compass be able to have your pace counts right, be able to terrain associate, be able to do these things. Show that, show me that skill set. I'm not worried about how, uh, what your endurance is going to be. You're, you're going to, the, the competitors will put that on themselves. You know what I mean? And it's just like whenever it talks about the, the range estimation, I am not going to take a three by five index card and staple it to a tree at 700 yards and tell me to tell you guys to range that. It's going to be realistic. It'll be human sized targets inside good ranging. And it's like whenever we talk about mill dot ranging, you know, it's like um, the, the, the rifle gods, they, they tell you, okay, I can, I can get really good at this to 500 yards. You know what I mean? And then after that, it becomes a lot more difficult. Well, the thing about it is you really don't need it inside 500 yards. You know what I mean? And then it's, it's like, there's such a fall of the bullet after that. So what I'm saying is I'm not going to make you do a range estimation exercise at 1100 yards. I mean, it's going to be inside something that is doable. I'm not trying to trick anyone. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I'm but not you don't have to because it's just no, a skill that people don't do. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah definitely. Don't, you, you know, I don't have to try to trick someone, and I'm not going to try to trick someone. This is going to be very, very straightforward for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't have to make it hard. Two, because it makes it easier on the staff so that we can keep track of what people are doing. Uh, and three, it, it's not something that's supposed to scare you away. This is supposed to be something that is an, an event, an epic event that you did. Not that you go off and you have to be, I mean, I see those guys with an American Ninja where they go on those obstacle courses and stuff like that. Man, I might make it one or two obstacles, but I'd spend the whole day trying to make the whole thing. You know what I mean? But it's not, it's not anything that's, it's not anything like that. It's not going to be super difficult like that. So don't, y'all need to get that out of your head. Rob, yeah. And another good, thing man. that you're, another thing that I want to touch on is what you mentioned, um, Jacob, is that it is also one of the things on, on top of, you know, there's going to be one winner. There's going to be, what, what is it, 40 competitors, you said? 40? 45. 45 competitors. Okay, there's going to be one winner. So the mm -hmm. other 44, what makes this event, in my opinion, and what would be me with the mindset, me going into it, would be that I'm going to be one of the 44 and that that's something that's kind of going to be like the Woodstock 69 of, of 1969 of, of the sniper community or, or whatever. It's going to be something that, you know, everybody that shoots matches talk about, Oh, this, yes, one match I went to da, 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 this happened or whatever. This match is going to be something like, Oh damn, but like you, you shot the assassin's way match. Like, Oh sweet. Like, let me hear about it. It's going to be like watching, you know, Jimi Hendrix play the national anthem. You know, it's going to be, you, you were there, you, you did it. And it's, you know, it's, that's one of the things that's going to make it, you know, more special other than, on top of all the other things that make it so different from every other match is that it's going to be something like you can hang your hat on that. You even did it, you know, we're there. I don't care if you come in 45th place, you did it and you were there for it. And that, that I mean, that's, that's been really cool. That that's one of my favorite things about the match. That's, yeah. that's a good yeah. that's a good point uh david that's a super good point i like to jump in on the shameless promoter side and kind of talk to the people out there about how to how to like how i would be playing this if i was on that competitor side to get sponsorship or to get somebody to help bankroll this um 
you know, like a Tom's a great example. The fact that he, he gets up in the morning, he's going to put his shoes on, have his coffee, and he's going he's gonna to ruck to work. I mean, you should be going to, you know, Mystery Ranch and saying, hey, I'm going to do a video every, every week of me getting ready and training, you know, tying my Danner boots and before I get my ruck on and going that. I mean, this would have been like, because everybody's looking for that, that other lane now. Because, I mean, COVID has wrecked everything. We don't know SHOT Show's happening. You can't bring nobody. What are you going to do? I mean, there's all these rules that are going to come into play. So they're looking for other avenues. I mean, rather than going out there and, and sponsoring an event, and at the end you get your product, the picture of the box. You know, there's a guy, I won your prize. Here's a picture of that guy with your box. And that's all you ever see. But there's this such a training opportunity to make these three-minute videos that are constantly out there. You know, Tom's powered by Dan or Merrill, whoever you got. You're probably wearing Merrill's. You're, you're Army dude. I don't know who you're wearing, man. Um, but you know what I mean? It, it would be it looks something like he's wearing some slippers right now. Probably slippers. Fuzzy slippers. I got slippers on too. Tom, I'm wearing slippers too, man. Don't sweat it. Barefoot all the time, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, Frank, it's funny, Frank, you said that. That's awesome because coming from you, that definitely makes sense because of like the whole infamous Jersey shooter thing. That That is – that's what, you know, PRS shooters do right now. Like, hey, look, I'd like to come shoot for you, Night Force, or, you know, I'll post pictures, whatever. Hey, you, where are – you know, people in this com this community and in, in this – well, the PRS side of the house, they're already doing that, right? Like, hey, I'll, I'll get – I've got X thousand Instagram followers. You know, this is the what makes this even more uh, – well, it's lifestyle. Fitting, fitting it's it's right. what Kalen and all those guys talk about. It's lifestyle branding, right? right? So now you're going beyond shooting. You're going beyond guns are bad. You know, you're going beyond this into a lifestyle branding. This is the lifestyle that we choose or these people choose. This is what we're doing. You, you know, it, it's, it's like here I am in my natural element. And instead of playing golf, I'm out here, you know, I'm rucking to work or I'm, I'm riding a bike or whatever the case may be. And it's such an opportunity to go to these, these other avenues and to give them something more and to say, look, you know, if we win something out of this and I can train enough and practice, I'll, I'll, I'll split it with you. But maybe it's a case of bankroll me and I'll make X amount of content for you. That's going to show every element of that, you know, it might be I'm using my Swirl binos. You know what I mean? I got Swirl binos because I'm going to look for that target detection. You know, what am I going to find? Um, you know, what am I going to carry? Because I want it lighter, that new version they came out with that are lighter and smaller. You know, there's that stuff. I got these boots on it because I got to wear these boots. I'm going to wear this kind of gear because I, I can't wash this stuff. I want some kind of soft shell or nylon or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, on my body, that kind of thing. But it's, it's what we're already doing. It's just a way of going out there and to reach out to these companies or companies that aren't used to us, but we're doing it every day in, in, in just getting that, you know, I mean, it could be a case of there's so, there's so many possibilities that I think a smart guy out there, a girl can figure out uh, how to get a company to, to brand you to get 30 days worth of, of stuff. Maybe you don't ask for 25,000, you ask for 50 and you say, I want 25 to pay for my September. Right. Well, not only that, well, it makes it more appealing to the, to these type of companies, manufacturers, stuff like that for this in particular is because, well, we just said it, there's only 45 competitors. So instead of you 
and let's say use the PRS and NRL world for an example uh, as a contrast. There's how many people shooting matches nationwide every year? I mean, how many are there? There's there's thousands of us, right? Well, there's only 45 competitors. So if you as a company have your name on said one of 45 competitors, that's more, uh, I guess you'd say eyeballs on your product as opposed to like you mentioned, Frank was like, Oh, some, you know, asshole just won a, you know, a cert for a half off certificate, uh, for a scope. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, what you're saying is makes complete sense. And I think it, I never even thought of that. And it just makes even more sense given the nature of what this match is, you know, it is, 45 competitors, so only 45 people in the country in 2021 are going to be in that spotlight. And we've already talked about. I had when I had Jake on uh, Jacob on my podcast. We talked about how there's going to be coverage of this match, and so that's you know eyeballs on one of 45 shooters. Maybe a company like Morel hits up maybe three competitors. So now they just greaten their chances of maybe a winner walking away with the money wearing their shoes or, or, you know, whatever mystery ranch with their packs or something like that. Well, so. I mean, cause you get like the, the CD guys, they get, they have a thing here with La, La, La Sportiva, you know, La Sportiva is in Colorado's backyard. They like those kind of people. Danner, Danner's done commercials on TV, guy in the back of the pickup truck going duck hunting, you know, tying his shoes and getting ready in the morning. And they got a bunch of lighter, you know, go fasters now. Um, you know, there's that kind of thing. There's, you know, Solomon's that we're wearing and finding who the U.S. guy is and, and just being like, hey, man, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of these these sort of niche lifestyles, the, the beyond uh, clothing lines, the um, first lights, know, the triple oh. alts, right, the, the roomies that I wear all the time that are here. You well, know, Frank, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of um, <clears throat> of our, our mutual friend, Andrew Blueball, you know, yeah. former jar. And uh, he did he did all three of the major trails uh, south to north across the United States. You know, he, he did all of them. And so after he like he'd go and he worked for six months, you know, in the in the wintertime. And then he'd take off the summer so that he could do the trails. And he started writing into these shoe companies, sock companies. They send him stuff free all the time just because yeah. he can go these trails. And nobody knows about these trails. You know, what I mean, who, who knows about the Continental Divide Trail? I mean, very few people. But there is. I do. I drive over it. But yeah, yeah I know. No. <laughs> And a lot of people do, but for the most part, most people don't know about that. You know, the people that are living out there and he, I mean, I think by the time he did the last one, you know, he was pretty well sponsored all the way through. He was sponsored to go for a walk. And that was a 3000 mile walk. Granted. Yeah. But well, well we had the Nike kid. Remember the Nike kids that you, that came down that did those hundred mile races in the desert. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that across Africa. Right. He was doing the watch stuff. Um, he did the military watches and the gear for Nike, and he used to come yeah. to all our events. Um, yeah. And that kid adventure raced then. But Tom does a good job, too, even with, like, the beer company local for him. You know, hey, after I'm done walking 10 miles back to work, I like to have my beer, you know, whatever yeah. that brewery is that he has that's near is our that the cheater? Is that the wind cheater? Yeah, the wind cheater or whatever it is out there, yeah. I still remember the wind cheater that night, Tom, uh, at Rifles Only. Where it was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning when we came on that. I never oh, forgot we, that. <laughs> you, butterfly wind cheater is, <laughs> and that name wind cheater is like that's so hilarious. So. Yeah, some name Spindrift. Yeah, we had, yeah. What you need to do is you need to get on a website where you can buy a can of, of Spindrift and a case of wind cheater beer. Yeah, yeah. Spindraft. That's what it needs to be. 
Spin draft. <laughs> spin draft. Yeah, spin. but I mean, it's that kind of stuff. I mean, like I said, Tom does a really good job, but Tom's more of a, is, 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 a, is a unique kind of person that way. But I mean, yeah. I think it's replicable what he's doing, although he, he tends to have more contacts than a lot of people. But I, I, I look at what Tom does, and even like the videos you guys did early on, the Ken Lin ones and the stuff for Armageddon gear, the ones that showed the women that work for you, that was all great video stuff that you did. And little things like that throughout this journey would pay off. You know, I still think those are some of the best videos for a company promotion is the early Armageddon stuff. Uh, yeah. I want to step back just real <laughs> quick. Maze of Y'all guys are going rifle. in a lot of places, and I appreciate that because I'm, I'm loving all that I'm hearing about this. But, uh, David, one of the things that you were talking about was, you know, there's going to be like one, you know, one prize, one everything else. But I can't really get into a lot of it, but there's going to be, there's going to be quite a few sponsors for this event. I mean, it's not going to be one person that walks away with half a million dollars and everybody goes home empty-handed. Um, there's been a lot of them. One of them that I can, that I can talk about um, is – NRL. What they decided to do is that on the prize table, they are going to put five certificates for entry into their finale. After, if you've competed in Assassin's Way, you would not have to do any sort of uh, point gathering for them. One of those entries will be free, and their only thing was that they be an NRL member before uh, before the the season starts. Um, I want to say that. I, I kind of feel like that a rising tide, you know, raises all ships. And so I know with the people that have, have expressed an interest who are not shooters, well, now they're going to come in and they're going to either get up with NRL or get up with PRS. God bless them both ways. Hopefully they get up with both of them as well as border wars. Hopefully we can make more shooters, but it's not just, it's not just for shooters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be able to push this in and get other people from other disciplines to do this. And so again, Carry on, y'all are doing awesome. So, so yeah, this, what, this sounds what, like it's the only way I'm gonna get into the NRL uh, finale is if I go and pay twenty five thousand dollars and just lose. Just cost twenty five grand, man. That's I, the I only think, way I'm gonna get into it. So. I, I think what's important, and, and I know that I always lose track of understanding my audience when we talk about stuff like this. And a common question I got get is like, how do you train? Like a common question I get is is how do you train for your first match, right? Because I think, especially with everyone here we're all in the assumption that everyone kind of knows what this match is going to be at. There's going to be some land nav, there's going to be some Kim's game, but for someone that doesn't know what, I mean, how to train like to be a sniper, it's like, well, what, what does it all entail? Like the guy that's listening right now, that's purely, that's truly interested. Well, what's a Kim's game? What's, you know, what is, uh, you know, what are the standards for land navigation? Um, do they got, do they got, do they have to get within 10 meters, a uh, hundred meters, you know, a thousand meters of their objective or whatever the case might be. So uh, Jacob walk us through, you know, what, if, if you were training for this, now that you see it behind the scenes, you know, cause when I started running uh, indoctrinations and, and when I was an instructor at the schoolhouse, when I started putting training plans together, I, I would go back and be like, okay, well, if I was a student again, this is how I train up for this certain event. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, uh, again, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too specific because part of it is doing it. And like, I wish all of you guys would get together and buy assassins away from me so that I could go compete in it. You know what I mean? And then y'all just stop talking to me about anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And y'all can have it. Uh, that's, that's the, the big, I came up with it. So now I can't do it. Listen. All right, Phil, how close you got to be for an eight digit grid? 
you got to be within uh you got to be within is that uh 10, 10 meters sorry 10 a meter is t- a 10 data grid 10 meters is eight i had to think about that one for a second that'll be it 10 meters that'll- isn't that bad man that's doable don't that's ask me feet. that's like that's like 35 feet man that's yeah, pretty man. good yeah, it is. Like yeah, I, but when you're, but but like I, when you're, when when you're in Oklahoma and it like there's no terrain association and you're yeah, are we looking? Are we looking at a fucking engineer stake this far out of the ground and buried in a fucking manzanita bush? Okay, okay, so like no, me, it's it's gonna be the one in the in the at Quantico that's in the beaver pond that you gotta swim down to go find the number on. It's that they have a Quantico that's freaking underwater. Okay, like, let me answer this for you. So. <laughs> Tom Fuller, you've come down to rifles only. Uh, you got your gear for it. We're going to be out on the short range at rifles only, and I'm going to stake out a 10 by 10 tarp, and you're going to put all of your equipment on there that you're going to need. And we're going to come by, and we're going to inventory that equipment, okay? And we're going to take it into the office. We're going to type it up, and we're going to laminate it. And you're going to be checked for that equipment several times throughout the match. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm going to give you a calculator and it's going to be a basic calculator uh, that just is going to do that. So when you show up and let's say it is going to be a land nav exercise, what will happen is I'm going to, as soon as you show up, I'm on that tarp, there's going to be 10 coins. And let's say your shooter number 025, there'll be 11 coins. The first coin is going to have your name on it with, 025 Assassin's Way Tom Fuller. The other 10 coins are all going to be numbered 025. So I'm going to use those coins during land nav. And whenever you get to your point, you're going to see an ammo can that's going to be only halfway buried in the ground so it won't blow over in the wind. And it's going to be painted orange. And it's not going to be covered up with a stick or anything else. You're going to go to that ammo can. You're going to pull out your coin and you're going to look in the book. The book will give you your next grid. When you get to your next grid, you will find another ammo can. You're going to find your coin. You're going to look in the book, get your next grid. Eight-digit grid. You know what I mean? But for me to know you hit them, at the end of it, you got to turn me in all of those coins. And I'll use them on the next land nav exercise. Does that make sense? Yes. Pretty fair, huh? Yeah. I think Hagen might you know, be the one to ask about you know, this. I, mean, I think he can a little sadistic stuff for this match. I've, you know, here's I haven't done sniper adventure challenge in a couple of times, and after after having won it a few times, uh, and it's all land nav through you know mountains and some of it's flat, some of it's mountains. You know, one of the things that you find is when you when you're there, and you people know you've won this event a couple. But, you know, people just start following you. They're, they don't even pull up a map. They're just like, follow those guys. We'll get trouble going. You yeah. got a plan for that? <laughs> That's a good point. Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. That's not going to happen. That that can't happen because uh, I, I'm starting to get into. I'm starting to get into. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and with you all day, man. Just there's so many things that are going through heads of me and guys that's already signed up for it. It's like, you know, and that's a little thing, you know, you know, that's a little thing. Hey, being able to. Uh, been able to shake a tail as part of the competition, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Well, your your route, your route as if, if person number twenty-five will okay. be completely unique to all the other routes. It won't do anybody any good to follow you. 
Can I just jump in here for a second, guys? Um, so <clears throat> I think traditionally, like as a lot of us with our military backgrounds and whatever like that, we, um, we're used to navigating and stuff like that. And if you had to do it overseas whilst on operations, the bad guys were out there and you potentially got shot at or whatever else. We're obviously in a competition, uh, so we're not gonna be getting shot at. But what happens, well, we were talking about with Jacob over some beers, it wasn't spin draft, it was some other beer. Um, <laughs> But we were talking about perhaps getting, uh, whilst you're on that navigation, as Jacob's just said, it's it's unique to you, like your route is unique um, or route is unique. Uh, you're gonna be trying to detect the other people. And so there'll be a set amount of points if you get them all, if you get all your checkpoints within that given time frame. But then if you're wearing a patch on your arm and somebody else sees your patch and gets a photo of you or detects you at whatever point, you lose points. So not only do you have to navigate effectively and efficiently but you have to navigate super sneakily as well that's tricky do not give too much yeah. away hagen <laughs> that's it no i more. told you hagen is a guy y'all need to be gaming tom you okay. need to be gaming hagen because he's the guy that's got it all up here oh, man. well Don't you know it. man, it's a, honestly guys i i hate even ask that question i couldn't help it but i mean here's the deal you're you know i don't know I know what I'm going to do to, to prepare myself. I'm going to, you know, from a, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep walking and stuff. But, I mean, the one thing I'm not going to fall into the trap is try to outthink the guy setting us up. I'm not going to try to outguess Jacob. I'm not going to try to outguess Hagen because you're preconceiving what you're going to do. Uh, I think if it was tomorrow, I would be ready. I'll be more ready in a year. But there's, But I don't want to find myself training for what I think is going to happen. And, and then I'm like, oh, wait, this is not what I thought. And now, now I'm mentally set back from that. I know yeah. things I need to work on. And, uh, but, and having, I will. Yeah, but I think talking. having expectations, having expectations is, is the downfall for a lot of things like this. Like you, you just, you have to understand that you're going into this to be tested on these specific skill sets and you need to understand that like there are many facets to all those different skill sets, which means, Hey, I need to, I need to do some research. I need to get like, if you're not, if you don't do land nav and if you don't know how to work a map and compass, don't feel intimidated to go to this event. Let that inspire you to go learn all about map and compass, understand what all of those terms are, understand how to do resections and intersections, understand how to dead reckon and terrain associate you know, understand how to read maps and, and memorize maps. And like, I should be able to show you a topo map and let you see a route and then give it, give, give you five, 10 minutes and then take it away from you. You should be able to recall the major terrain features and the major route or the line of travel that you're going to be on. Like, that's just a normal, like to me, that's a normal field skill. Like I use topo maps all the time. Like I am in the mountains all the time. And that's like a, that's like a skill that is just like Tom, you're saying like, I, I rucked just to keep my feet hard reading a map. I purposefully do not take a GPS simply to maintain that level of skill with a map and compass. Like, I mean, I have a GPS in my watch. If I'm, if I'm like super freaking lost my mind or done something really stupid and I can just sit there and go, okay, well, how long is it going to take me? I need to know exactly where I'm at. So yeah, I'll pull a grid from the watch. No big deal. But Largely, if I don't know where I'm at on that map at all times, I'm wrong for me anyways. That's me personally. I think Tom hit on the point there pretty well. Like in, in my opinion, if I was entering this and training for this, 
uh, event. Yeah, and you guys touched on it in, I think it was episode one on your, the first of these podcasts. It's about compartmentalization. It's like each thing you have to just focus on that whilst you're on that task. And when it's finished, it's gone. It's like a shot in a competition or anything like that. It's history. It's done. You can't get hung up on it. Then you're focusing on the next thing. It's the ultimate live in the now situation. And I'd say That's that cool. for the trainer. That's cool. 10% can, of your can, job becomes 100% of your purpose, right? 100%. Yep. Kaylin mm -hmm. and, and I just talked about LANAV too. It's like not just the physical or technical aspect, but like when you're, when you're getting lost by yourself, I mean, you're really, <laughs> you're really questioning what you're doing everything. there. <laughs> I mean, you question everything. I've, I remember oh. being LANAV by myself, you know, training up for sniper school or just whatever, and it's like, man, you know, you're like, <laughs> you're like, am I even doing the right thing right now? <laughs> and you have no one to, you know, you know, you have no one there to double check you. And that's another thing, you know, that people have to realize when they, when they get to this point or when they're training for, it's like, you're going to have times if, if, if you get put on a solo land nav course that you're going to question what the hell you're doing. And, but by, by the time you're done with it, I'm sure as, as uh, you know, um, Tom has experienced many times at SAC, it's like, dude, it's like, when you look back, you're like, dude, I'm so glad I did this. So glad I did it. You know, I, I'll tell you one thing I think experience, I mean, I've used the map and compass for a lot of my life is uh, I know I'm going to get lost at some point. For sure. I, I'm going to look at my map and I'm going to look around and go, nothing fits or it all fits. And I'm going to be like, but I know that's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, but I know what I'm going to do too, right? Right. So, I know what you're going to do when it happens. That's that's the key. I guess. The, the biggest, what I won't do is just walk faster. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's going to be a bend in the road, man. It's going to turn right here pretty quick. Uh, well, the, when somebody starts missing at a stage in one of these, uh, you know, one of these national level matches, what do they do? They start shooting faster. Really slow down. Yeah. You can't miss fast enough to win. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things station to ask directions. So <laughs> just, and I think for anybody out there, that's a, that's a potential competitor or, or you might, you want to be a competitor that you're kind of concerned about the land navigation part. Just, just understand with land nav, you got to go from big to small and know that going from big to small, the smaller you get, the more tricky it is to find that exact point. So, but if you work from big to small and you don't go any farther than where you already know you are, then that's kind of, that's one of the tickets to success. So I wouldn't stress about that much because we're, we are going to be putting out a, a couple of field craft courses for people that, that want to prepare for this. And a lot of those field craft courses are going to be real heavy on observation and land navigation. Well, I, I don't think even not even because I, I genuinely see people being curious about, again, this lifestyle, right, that we are trying to promote, that we are trying to, right. you know, not really separate ourselves from the PRS, or the NRL, but just advocate of understanding how to become a, a well-rounded rifleman, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding how to be a well-rounded rifleman, um, you know, goes into rucking, goes into observation and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think what Assassin's Way is going to do, especially for instructors, is create a new kind of uh, audience and, and, and clientele or uh, source revenue to be able to train to, you know, cause I, I, I'm sure there are now, but, um, the, the smaller matches like, um, you know, competition dynamics or whatever, I, I feel like there's a need for classes to work on 
uh, those tactical skills, right? Tactical skills yeah, on how to uh, find the target, uh, how to land nav, um, you know, like you said, field skills, uh, um, just uh, just basic camouflage skills, right? And uh, you, you don't see that right now, just because the growth of the the sport, a lot of it is is focused on shooting, understanding ballistics, understanding how to you know dis disannounce your rifle, but this encompasses not only that. Uh, but you know, all the other things that is behind the scenes per se. Yeah, it'll, it'll translate to being more efficient on a, on a line, a PRS and RL line. You know what I mean? You're not going to carry as much junk with you. You're going to know how to utilize what you have with you because you can't walk 25 feet behind to your car, go grab something and then bring it forward. So you're going to get used to how to do that kind of stuff a, a little bit more efficiently. You're going to look at things in a different way and your problem solving will will then be a slightly different from where it was maybe the you know time before so that's how i see it what are the guys saying on the hide about this jacob or not jacob uh, uh frank i hadn't even looked to be honest with you i know people are more hung up on the dollar figure of stuff um you know cuz there's that question is the money um i get that but uh in the time off uh for sure but uh, i hadn't looked to be honest with you i know there's a thread on it but I mean, this is the stuff that's scattered throughout the hide that's kind of being boiled down into one place. And so you, 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 you can find this in every little corner, but now we're kind of bringing it all back into the center. And I think that's the more important part. It's like what you guys have been advocating, a well-rounded rifleman, a practical marksman, you know, in, in this kind of, it all plays into that. Are you a well-rounded rifleman? If you show up to a square range, drop your car, you know, your, your bag behind the line, walk forward 10 feet, come back up, go back to your car to go get something different, walk back up 10 feet, shoot the next stage, or are you better off going, here's my pack, here's my stuff, I'm rocking, and I'll see you at the end of the day, you know, and, and that's kind of where this goes, you know, it's, 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 it's our foundation for just about everybody here. You know, and, and, and they kind of wonder, well, how are you that guy? It's, you know, okay. it's your foundation. It's Kalen's foundation. It's, it's, it's a bunch of, I mean, you, you know, even Jacob on the hunting side and going off all over in the 80s and stuff in 90s with your dad and around the world, you guys were, were you know, doing stuff that with military grade things. You did the Finland challenge. This is kind of an extension of the challenge you and James Anthony did in Finland. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, uh, this is not your first rodeo and you were doing this, you know, 20 years ago and th that uh, you were, you were like the only civilians that were in these European military comps. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that Didn't goes back to the, to the, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. That was a, that was a really good one. And, uh, four days, man, four days out in the field. I fired 11 rounds, bro. 11 right. rounds, four days. That was it. I didn't even need a box of ammo. So I think that's a really, that's a really good point, man, because a lot of people that I've spoken with are super taken aback by that exact fact. They're just like, uh, well, what, what, what is this? I mean, like, I don't understand. Is this shooting or what are we doing for all this time? And I think people like a lot of people are worried about that because they're just like, well, I, what do you mean? I'm only going to fire so many. I mean, you haven't said anything about that, but I can only assume that based upon what you just said that, yeah, like four days and 11 rounds, that's, that's pretty, pretty normal for those situations in training. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you don't shoot very often. 
Sometimes yeah. the goal is to not shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's, that's not the goal at all. I mean, it's not even a possibility. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's not even going to happen, you know, and mm -hmm. that's what you kind of got to expect with this. Cool. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm super excited to see what you come up with. I, you know, just all of the experience that you've had over the years to, to be able to put this together. And, and Hagen, I know that you're going to be throwing in some really cool stuff and, and an interesting dynamic from another, another part of the world, you know, and, and, and all of these different, all these different military organizations, they all think, I mean, they all think a little differently and they all have a different way of going about things. And I think, I think that's going to be really interesting to bring that perspective into this event. Dude, and that's what I really loved about uh, doing the uh, international cyber comps that I went to um, when I was still in is just seeing how everyone operates on just different, you know, the way that they attack a stage and then debriefing. It's like, oh, I, I did it this way. You're like, damn, I didn't even think about that. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you brought up carp, say carp, uh, carp, what is it? like I'm focusing on the, yeah. So I remember, you know, being a competitor at ISC and um, like, it's like, man, you don't have time to like think about the shit storm that you just did on that last five minute stage. Or even like you said, because when I attended the first time, I had no idea. And then going the second time, I, I feel like my performance was worse. Just like as, as Tom said, because now I started to train to try to get into the instructor's head. And when I got there, it was a complete, it was completely different than what I anticipated. And I felt like I had an even worse performance than my first att uh, attempt. You know what I mean? Just because I tried to, like Tom said, try to get into that instructor's head or the, the staff's head uh, at the army sniper school and be like, okay, well, if I was putting these together, how would I, how would I do it again? Or whatever the case might be. Uh, and they completely gut checked us uh, in 2018. Chris Roberts, I know you're there. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris is dying for somebody to sponsor him, man. It's, we got to get Chris a sponsor. That's uh, a, that's, those are, that's a great perspective, man. And, and I, again, like, like Hagen, like talked about a little bit of the, you know, the, the being in the present and being in the now in terms of like saying, Hey, we have to focus on this right now. What we just did is back there. Like that's gone. Now we have to focus on what's right in front of us. And that's, that's important, right. For people to understand is, yeah, you have to compartmentalize a lot of these skills, but you also have to know like when to put them away and to stop thinking about them and to focus on what it is that you're doing now and not future trip and not try to, and not try to game it in terms of like Tom saying, like, I'm not going to try to get in your head. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to react to the situations that I'm presented with and problem solve using the skills that I've amassed over the years. And keep really in mind, not trying to trick you right good jacob i was just gonna say you're wasting your time trying to compete against jacob because it's not meant to be compete against the match director yeah he's not you know that's kind of we never had that mindset where you were competing against us we were trying to give you interesting stages where you competed against each other but it wasn't against us these were pretty straightforward we weren't trying to make it some weird thing and and that's a, this that kind of weird framework to work with him yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't get I don't get to compete against the match director thing. Yeah, it sounds like this is going to be something kind of uh, paralleled with uh, like a mixed martial arts fighter knowing his opponent or thinking his opponent is going to be like a jujitsu fighter, and then one week before the match or you know before the fight, their opponent gets hurt in training, and now the person who steps up is a Muay Thai fighter. 
So you've just been training in, in your mind. You've been training for a ground fighter, and now you're about to get a guy who's going to put an elbow in your face. And training for, you know, thinking you're going to beat Jacob in this game, and when it's not even meant to be like that way, you're going to be training. And then when something does come up that doesn't fit what you've been training for, you're, you're not going to know what to do. So it's, it's like gonna throw you out of your how loop. you train. Yeah. It's going to throw you way out of your loop. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Just go up yeah. for a second. Wait, you do that, you already beat me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Tom touched on it um, before when he said he's not going to try and game the game. There's like, if you think about it, I do visually like a, a pyramid. If you have your base skills, like your core navigation skills, your core fitness, your core shooting skills, and you work on your memory stuff, you're about as well armed in that competition as anyone else is. It's just, you just, and then you just got to play it as you see it on the day. Go in with an open mind. The, the nice thing with the memory thing is you should, you should drink a lot. And then as you get drunk, try to remember shit. I like that idea. That's going to help that you when you're, um, when you're droning, like you're, you're about five days into this or your fifth event into it, and he throws a Kim's game at you, you're going to be drunk. So, you know, so I'm training, I'm training right now, Frank, while we're talking. I'm training right now. Easy. Yeah. So you could drink and then remember shit and then drink and try to remember shit. And the next morning, write down what you saw last night. And where you did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, it would be a pretty, cool, be super cool. Well, a pretty cool approach to, to even get into this or even train your body is like start doing marathon, like half marathons, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, sign yourself up for those long marathons that just get your, your, your body, your mind ready for it. And that's completely irrelevant to shooting. You know what I mean? Uh, that guys well, can. Bigfoot that, race. that brings up a good point. And here's, and here's, I know Jacob, you're saying like, this is not going to be a physical thing. It's not going to be a physical thing. And I can say this from experience, taking people into the mountains for their first time on, on, on guided hunting trips, right? So when somebody does not have a baseline fitness to, to just sustain themselves, they're completely taken out of the mix, right? They're completely taken out of the mix. And so having that good solid baseline of fitness, being able to move over varying types of terrain, that way you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. That's just, that's just it. Like it's done. It's in place. Now I can focus on the tasks that I need to focus on. I can direct my energy to, um, solving a land navigation problem, looking at a Kim's game or doing an observation, focusing on your route of travel. So that way you can pay attention to everything around you, that stuff in order to be proficient at that and, and be able to have mindfulness in that area is paramount because I know for a fact that like when I'm at the end of like a 10 day hunt, you know, like your mind starts to kind of go a little bit in, in the sense of like, you're just, you're almost like you're going through the motions. 10 days right. in the mountains is 10 days in the fucking mountains, man. And right. if you're constantly on glass for 12 hours a day for 10 days, that shit can get old after a while, but you have, and especially if you're tired and if you're worn out and you're just, like this is also a sustainability event too. So not well, necessarily let, just physical, let but it's. Yeah. Let me, let me address that Kalen, because you bring up a very good point. And it's like the, you know, I, I understand what, what Philip is saying about, you know, doing, you know, half marathons, 12 Ks, whatever, you know, go out and do that. So you have your basic baseline fitness. I get all of that, but keep in mind, you're not going to be on for the entire 23 days. Sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Doing some stuff here. There's going to be time allowed for rest and time allowed for travel. Then you're gonna go up and you're gonna, 
you're going to conduct testing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that testing may be a day. It may be a day and a half. And then there's going to be a time allowed for rest, time allowed sure. for travel. So you don't have to be on that whole time. I know exactly what you're saying. And I totally right. agree with you because you, you can, you know, but this, this is not that. What I'm trying to do is there's some certain basic skill sets, marksmanship, land nav, range estimation, target detection, KIMS, situational awareness. But I'm not going to keep you up for 60 hours to do this. I want to oh, see man. you. I want to see you on, excel. <laughs> oh, no, you have to stay up because you're staff, and so do I, and so does Frank, so does Hagen, but they don't. But what I want to see them, I want to see them exhibit these skills in different environments. The mm-hmm. pressure from this is not going to come from us. They're going to put it on themselves. You right, know I mean? and, that's, and I guess that's my point, too, in this is, like, you know, right. get yourself to that point where, like, none of that shit matters. Like, get yourself to that point where none of it matters. So compartmentalization, got it. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. This, right. is not a, this is not seer, and, you know, this is not, this is not selection. You know what I mean? This is show me that you can do these skills, not on just your home AO. Show me that you can be thrown anywhere, mountains, deserts, plains, forests. Show me that you can be adequate, above adequate, above average in all these different places. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just how Absolutely. you carry your gear. It's worth just walking out there with your stuff and attached. How are you carrying your gear? Is it dragging too much on one side? Can you, can you access it? You know, that, that's that trial and error part where you're going to be moving through. I'm sure Tom went through all that with the uh, adventure challenges. You know, how are you carrying your stuff that y- you can still operate with it in, in, um, you know, in it not dragging you down and, and causing you to think about it. That's bothering me. That's bothering me. That's bothering me. Then yeah. you're not going to be on task if that's always bothering you. This is what you practice now is to make yeah. sure that that stuff's not bothering you at the end. You know, like with me in the military, I always took my 782 gear off, threaded it into my rucks. I never wore it because it didn't fit. So if I had to go on a march, my shit was worn, threaded into my ruck, and not on my body, you know, but that's not something I'm telling Kalen to do is he's a different build than me. Might fit him mm-hmm. fine. But for Sounds me, like you're a gamer then, Frank. Just I was a gamer. I had to be a gamer. No way. No yeah. way. Yeah, right. I had to be a gamer in the Marine Corps. And, well, and Frank, Frank always had to carry an MP5 because if he carried anything longer, it would drag the ground. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a camo uh, jersey Kalen, on. I know what you're saying, but whenever you think about it, Kalen, the, like the, the first 10-day hunt that you did years and years ago, is vastly different now than when yeah. you do it now. And it's just, yeah. those are the things you know what to feed, expect. Yeah. And that's what feeds into what Frank is saying. You know, how am I going to carry my gear? Am I out of balance? Do I feel like I'm being drugged down on my left or am I, you know, is my CG off? And so you, you make these adjustments, just like Frank was saying, you know, because of your body type and everything else, this, that is how you prepare for assassin's way. Sure. 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 The point about the fit, I know this isn't a 30 day physical fitness assessment, but I'll tell you right now, something that you cannot take for granted. I mean, I walk every day in Georgia, pretty much. I mean, and I walked 10 miles this morning, and my elevation gain was about 300 feet. And it's, and, and, and it will kick my butt walking 1,500-meter legs in Utah and Colorado. I know that. Sure will. But, so I need to be – if I only train in Georgia, I need, I need to be able to, to be way better physically fit to go to Colorado and do the same things I do here. Uh, you know, I mean, Caleb's baseline or, or Caleb, his baseline uh, fitness, because he does it 
at elevation is way different than mine. Yeah. So well, I've got a year time. Let's go on vacation. Let's go do some fishing in Wyoming and let's go. Let's go do yeah. some rocking, Tom. Let's go have some yeah. fun. Yeah, we'll get up, up to Kalen's place and, and go to a class with him. Well, you know what? I don't know. Here's here's the thing. You know, everybody said this, Jacob, especially. I mean, here's why I'm doing this. I mean, I I'm wanting to have fun with it. I, I really am. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have I I I have my book. Everybody has their book, right? And I write stuff down in it. And and I've got things I want to do in in 2020 that I haven't done. One was to put my canoe in the Chattahoochee River and come out in the Intercoastal Waterway down in Florida. You know, and that's you know however long that takes me. You know. Dude, that's cool, man. I, I want to off and say, hey, tell my wife, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you in a week. Come pick me up. I don't know where I'm going to be. I just want to walk. I just want to forget everything and just, just put one foot in front of the other. And, and it's and, and that's what I'm going to do here. Uh, somebody's got it all figured out. Where I got to go, where what I got to do, and I'm just going to try to follow instructions and enjoy that and see some epic terrain, look at some beautiful views, see the sunset and sunrise in the mountains. And, and money is, yeah, it's. It's a lot of money. That's that's for anybody. That it takes a lot. But I'd rather die with memories and money. And and this is going to be a cool ass memory. You're like the crocodile Dundee of America, man. You're going to do a walkabout. <laughs> yeah, those are all just, yeah, one, dude. dude, that's you know? a it's a thing, Tom. It's a yeah. thing, man. There's a lot of people that are starting to to like want to do that stuff. I mean, you talk like it is an example. Talking to a lot of like a Pacific crowd through hikers because i'm up here in washington I'm, I'm on the last leg usually if i see them in the mountains they're only they're only anywhere from you know 150 miles to the to the end to the canadian border you talk to those people and you're just like dude why are you like okay this is cool but like i just like to ask them and see what it is and most of them will always say exactly what you just said you're just like i don't want to deal with anything else right now other than just putting one foot in front of the other waking up and seeing and witnessing amazing cool shit seeing these amazing sunrises and watching all the different variations in terrain going from the deserts of southern california all the way up through the sierras into the canadian into the rockies or i'm sorry into the cascades like that's pretty cool like we don't do that enough we don't do that's that what, enough as, as human beings anymore right yeah that's what we're supposed to do I mean, instead, we're worried about bitches on TikTok and bullshit like that and what the news is telling us to worry about. It's a reconnection to what we were supposed to do every day. You, know? you need to make that a hashtag, bitches on TikTok. And David, if you don't call them bitches, they'll usually go out with you. But <laughs> I'm married. I ain't worried about it. Oh, okay, you're good, Dan. <laughs> I'm happily married. Guys, listen, to, I know we're going to wrap it up here pretty soon. Um, if anybody who is watching this either live or whenever they put it out, you know, uh, later, uh, you got questions about Assassin's Way, you can go to the website, Rifles Only. Uh, the Assassin's Way website will be up soon, or you can call me. I want to give out my phone number, and my phone number is 361-522-4165. If you are reaching for a pin, I'm going to say it one more time. 361-522-4165. You can reach me at jacob at riflesonly.com. Uh, you can reach Lisa at lisa at riflesonly.com. I personally want to really, really thank uh, Phil and Kalen for putting this together. Hagen, I know it's early in the morning over there where you are. Thanks for joining us. Frank, again, thank you for your help in doing all of this. David, thanks for pushing this. 
And Tom, as a competitor, thank you for competing in this. And I really appreciate your attitude about Assassin's Way. That, that Frank asked earlier, you know, what's a competitor we're looking for? That, that's, that's what we're looking for. You know what I mean? We're looking for somebody who wants the event. You said it. I'd rather die with memories than money. Spot on, dude. dude. Spot on. And you're going to get memories out of this. Thank all of you guys. Right on, man. So thank you, Jacob. And you are more than welcome for, for coming on, man. We'd love all you guys to come on and talk and just even listening to the podcast. I'm sure people got lots out of it anyway. So yeah. we're happy to help you, happy to support you. And, and we love being right here at that, at that edge, that, that cutting edge of somebody wanting to do something different. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do something. Let's create something all together. Let's create something that hasn't been done before. This is epic. It's unprecedented. Like, like David said, no one's ever done it before. The, my biggest regret about coming up with it is because now I can't compete in it. And, you know, the thing about it is I want people to have that same sort of, you know, sense of adventure to go out and do it. Like Tom says, I just want to hop in my canoe and call you when I end up in Key West. You know, who knows? You know, who knows where he'll end up? But you know what? He, he's going to, he's going to have an adventure like that. And, and whether it's in his canoe or an assassin's way, and all of us should have that sort of desire for life, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what this is about. Um, it's life changing. I uh, want to also do a shout out to recoil, recoil web, recoil magazine, recoil TV. They're going to, um, Lindsay. yeah, they're going to film every second of it. They're also putting, we say that there's 45, there's actually 46 competing. She's in it. She is not eligible to win. Uh, she's just doing it so that she can write about it from an insider's perspective. I'm sure that Tom will as well. And I'm sure he'll make some really cool videos along the way. We got the people that have already signed up. Thank you for doing that. We, we're, we want to create something that hasn't been done before. And we really can't do it if we don't have people like all of the people on these screens right now, every single one of you. I mean, and I, I am humbled that you guys have offered to help me with it. Tom, I'm humbled that you decided to, to be a competitor on this. And by the way, your uh, AG Cup, dude, you knocked it out of the park. What a freaking great idea. A great show, a great competition that you have done. I will be there to help you RO this one. All right, counting on it. <laughs> all right. Right on, guys. Well, thank you guys all for coming. Check us out, Modern Day Sniper Podcast, Just F and Senate Podcast, Everyday Sniper Podcast, Tom at Armageddon Gear, Jacob at Rifles Only. Hagen, thanks for coming, man. You guys are awesome. Keep your face on the gun.